learning, I've been embodying the theology of play, but I'm learning more about how to describe it um, over the past couple of weeks. And so, but let me just open us in prayer and then I'll have us go around and say our names. Um, and yeah. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for pickleball. Thank you for the ways that we can find joy when we play and the ways that you yourself um, are a God who plays. And God, I pray that our spirituality would be enhanced by our play and that uh, we would even dare to be playful with you. Um, so be present with us during this time and may we learn something. Amen. So I'm Nikki and then I'm Joe. Jill. Yeah. Danielle? Jill. Dave. Did you say Joe? Mm -hmm. Hi, Joe. 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 Dave. Perfect. Um, okay. Yay, this is fun. It's kind of fun to have a smaller group because I just want it to also... Oh, Allison's coming up. Hi, Allison. Um, so all I did was, was pray and... Uh, this is Allison, so for people who don't know Allison. Hi, Allison. So I'm kind of excited this is a smaller group because love, would love participation. So to start off... Why uh, I did this class is because if anyone knows me well, they know that pickleball has become a huge part of my life. So this is a paddle. This is a very expensive paddle, <laughs> by the way. Um, and it helps you have a lot of control and a lot of spin. So this is a pickleball. And normally they're not this color. Normally they're this color. But I like to mix it up. Um, and this is my bag that I always take. Uh, so pickleball is, is just super fun. You can hear the sound. Uh, and what I love about it is it's a combination of tennis and uh, ping pong. And I grew up playing ping pong. I played with my grandparents. And so I just love pickleball. It's on basically the, half the size of a tennis court. And what's also really fun is because there's not a lot of space between you and your opponents, uh, sm fun smack talk is encouraged because <laughs> you can hear what, the, what your opponents are saying, they can hear what you're saying, and so you actually get to engage with them a lot more than, say, through tennis. Um, so if you'd like, I'll pass these around. You can... Even test really out. Yeah. I thought you were going to advertise for the new pickleball store <laughs> on Milton. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Nikki, does that edge? Do they have some without edge, or do you want the edge? Uh, you. Uh, there are some ones without the edge, but I like ones with an edge. Well, this is well. Worn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one is actually. I got a new one, same kind. <laughs> no, that's yeah. Good thing, though, yeah. Yeah. So it originated, um, yeah, yeah, I think so. And so, and it, it got its name because of actually the dog that they owned. The dog's name was Pickles, and then the dog would like run around after the ball, and so they called it Pickleball. So what has Pickleball done for me? First of all, uh, I found it during COVID. And obviously, for all of us, COVID was a time of isolation. Um, it was a time where I actually wasn't having a lot of fun and not really finding a lot of ways to play or recreate. And so when I found pickleball, I became basically obsessed. But it's because it, 
it gave me a way to laugh, it gave me a way to experience joy, and it reminded me of what I was like when I was a kid. And when I was a kid, I loved to play sports. I loved to be competitive just, just for fun. Uh, and I loved being on a team and, yeah, and just kind of joking with, with your opponents. And why I'm, why I'm talking about this is because I think we were created to want to play. And we were created uh, to play. And that's because we're created in the image of God. And I believe that our God is a God who plays. And so I want us first just to kind of establish how we know that God is one who plays. So we're going to go through some scripture verses. All right. And so I'll probably ask different people to read. But first, a lot of people talk about Proverbs. Hi, Kara. Uh, as there's a lot of theology that has been developed throughout the centuries that at creation is kind of the pinnacle example of God playing. Of through the act of creation, through the act of creating insects, through the act of creating mountains, through the act of creating ocean, like God was playing. And so kind of where they developed that theology is out of Proverbs 8, verses 22 to 31. So Sarah, would you mind reading that for us? The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. And sorry, I'll stop you right there just because I forgot to mention. So this is a passage that's talking about wisdom. And wisdom is also another name for Jesus because Jesus was at the creation of the world. Wisdom was at the creation of the world. And so this is talking about wisdom's role in creation. Yeah. Ages ago I was set up as the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and seals or the world's first fish or when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made the firmament of the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker, and I was daily his delight, playing before him always, playing in, in his inhabited world, So here, again, we see the act of creation actually as an act of, of play because God didn't have to create the world. He chose to out of his love, out of his joy, out of his own creativity. Um, so I also just wanted to, to mention a simple dictionary definition of play. So it's a verb meaning to engage in activity for enjoyment and recreation rather than for a serious or practical purpose. In God and My Everything by Ken uh, Shigematsu, this is how he defines play. He says, play is doing something for its own sake. It might involve entran entranced absorption. A child can be transfixed at play. 
an even strenuous effort that leads to joy and gratitude. Play comes in a variety of forms, including crafts, painting, acting, dancing, hiking, sports, blowing bubbles, splashing in water, <coughs> laughing, joking. Whatever its expression, it helps us more fully appreciate how we live, move, and have our being in God. And I think some other ways to describe play are as adventure, as freedom, as creativity, as involving joy. Okay, so we've seen play as an act of, or creation as an act of play. And I just encourage you even this week to reflect on that, to think about God creating the world and how much fun that must have been for God. Mm -hmm. um, and how much his imagination went absolutely wild with the creation that he created. So not only did this happen at the beginning, but we can look ahead to play also um, at the renewal of all things in God's coming kingdom, when heaven comes to earth. We get lots of images, right, of what that looks like, of what the new heaven and new earth, of what God's new kingdom will be. And there's a particular image in Zechariah which talks about playing and that actually at, with the coming of the new age, with the coming of God's kingdom, we will be people who dance and sing and play. Uh, so can someone read Zechariah? It's the next passage. Sure. Great. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts shall be called the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with staff in hand because of their great age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, even though it seems impossible to the remnant of this people in these days, should it also seem impossible to me, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them to live in Jerusalem. They shall be my people, and I will be their God in faithfulness and righteousness. Mm -hmm. So right, we see here um, in verse 4. So old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with staff in hand because of their great age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. And so this is the vision of the new Jerusalem. This is the vision of the new heaven and new earth. And in it, uh, the people are playing. And if, if you turn over, uh, Jesus um, wasn't necessarily celebrated for the playful way that he engaged with others, the way that he ate, he ate and drank with others. In fact, it made the Pharisees kind of nervous, and so they accused him. So what did they accuse him? Matthew eleven nineteen. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And we'll go back to Jesus and the little children um, in a little bit. But one of the key questions that I want us to consider is what does a Christian life of work, service, and sacrifice and worship look like without play? And so in our Christian tradition, um, we often emphasize commitment, sacrifice, obedience, conviction, repentance, 
And I'm all for that. We should continue to do that and keep doing that. But what really does our Christian life look like if that's all we focus on? What does that lead to? What kind of people do we become if we are Christians who refuse to play, even though our God is one who plays? Um, And so uh, I want us to consider Jesus too. So we talked about God, the Father, God, the Creator as one who plays. But I want us to think of Jesus as one who enjoyed life and played and danced. And so I'm going to show a clip from The Chosen and kind of get your reactions after we watch it. And this is that. This is right after Jesus uh, turned the water into wine at the wedding of Cana, which was his first miracle in the Gospel of John. Fish, wine, what will be next? Any suggestions? Anything. And everything. Let's do this. I'll go with you to the ends of the earth. I hope so, Simon. I seem to remember there was a problem. Something about Andrew's feet. Andrew's feet! But first we must evaluate, no? No, 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 I can't. I think we have to. No, 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 I can't. that scene because Andrew, Jesus had made a joke or someone had made a joke about Andrew's feet, you know, him not being able to dance. And I just love how Jesus was joking about that. And then obviously we see Jesus dancing and just having a lot of fun at the wedding. But I'm curious for you, is that is that a role that you're used to seeing Jesus play? What did watching that evoke for you? Um, have you always been okay with the idea of Jesus as one who enjoyed life. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious any thoughts you might have or reactions. I never really thought of it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Jesus portrayed that way before. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to think that's exactly what he wants us to do too. Mm-hmm. He created us, God created us in his image mm-hmm. to play, to mm-hmm. enjoy life, to enjoy mm-hmm. this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think because we worship him, 
I mean, we know he's got a sense of humor because mm -hmm. we see that all. But it's almost like we shouldn't think of him as doing anything. But but of course he created joy. So, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I had not been thought of it before because we worshipped him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think of him being fully human. And human, of course, includes all of the, all of the different attributes of being. It includes joy mm -hmm. and laughter. And mm -hmm. Again, it's not often portrayed that way. But if he's fully human, it's, it's going to be part of who he is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I just remember um, probably the first time reading through a Dallas Willard book, I don't remember, mm -hmm. but him saying that. Um, he's like the most joyful person mm. of all. Mm, like, mm, is mm. able to have the most joy mm, mm. of all. I'm thinking, gosh, I never think about it that way. Right, right, totally. And it's still hard, still kind of hard for me. I don't know why. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. he's, he's got the weight of the world. <laughs> and, and I think, too, it's about the way that we've, yeah, talked about God or chosen to emphasize certain aspects of even discipleship and how we've forgotten what our end goal is, too. If our end goal is to dwell with God forever, um, to dwell in joy, to, to dance with God, to um, be playful and creative in His presence, when we forget the end goal, then... Um, yeah, then I think it, it does affect the way we live in the present. I think, I think the church also, uh, people from the inside and from the outside, is seen as being a, a particularly stern place where right. obedience and discipline are, are uh, more frequently emphasized. I know, particularly growing up in the Catholic Church, where Jesus is a distant in my case, was a distant entity. Yeah. It was all about confession and sin and the and the even grading the level of your sin mm -hmm. um, and and exacting a, a um, uh, penance based on that. Mm -hmm. um, I know when I was in young life, I went to a church once, and there was an image of Jesus throwing his head back in laughter. Mm -hmm. And that's always stuck with me mm -hmm. um, because it's, it is not something we see very often. Mm -hmm. And one of the spiritual disciplines is celebration, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which we don't emphasize. I think we think, oh no, no, we are, we already have to, we already play too much. We need to focus on the discipline and the and the orderly parts. But yeah, but I think the church, you're right, actually has a problem where where they don't play enough and. Yeah. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but even the ways, right, we spend so much time focusing on Lent, which is amazing, but the season of Easter is longer than Lent. It's 50 days, uh, and do we, spend, do we spend that season with quite as much intention or passion celebrating as we do repenting and lamenting? Um, and, you know, yeah, Danny. I was just thinking, too, connected to what you said about Jesus being very aware of the world, it's Jesus' life strikes me as such an invitation to consider how all these things can exist together and be integrated together. Yes, yes, totally. Well, yeah. I, gosh, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. One more one more thing. So 
looking around the room right here, except for you two, the rest of us grew up more in a time when like hard work was so like valued. It's what life yeah. was about. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and looking at like play, not necessarily being things that actually even were um, things that we would strive after. Like, right. Because, right. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So it's even breaking some like cultural things, I think, for us that were built in some to our nature as, yeah. as we were growing up. Totally. And being 20 and being 30. And, yeah. 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 No, that, that's really a helpful perspective. Yeah. So I want us to. I guess the yeah the next direction I want us to go is is to think about Jesus and the little children, and maybe even talk about what we think children can teach us about play and how to engage with God. Uh, so can someone read the the next couple of verses? Um, maybe Danielle, I'll have you read the two Matthew, and then Allison, could you read Mark? People were bringing children to him in order that he might touch them, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms laid his hands on them and blessed them. So what do we associate with children in, especially in light of what we're talking about today? What do you think little children, how do you think little children approach the kingdom of God? And what, what do we have to learn from them? Because as we see, the kingdom of God is theirs. Like the little children are not ignored, they're not forgotten about. Actually, the kingdom of God is theirs. So what, what do we learn from children? Play is their primary way of learning. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's their primary goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're open. Mm -hmm. Completely open. Mm -hmm. They're both innocent and unjudging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And unlike some adults, they'll play with anyone. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. They're just naive, so they'll still carry Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They haven't been taught all the disciplines that uh, discourage you from participating. Mm -hmm. So they're they're innocent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. Mm -hmm. And he's saying to adults, come to me like an innocent child. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to learn how they learn, which mm -hmm. is you know, get rid of the oppression and be open. Mm-hmm. 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 A really important developmental milestone mm -hmm. um, in a child mm -hmm. uh, and it's overlooked way too long mm -hmm. uh, by uh, and I'm not opposed to reading <laughs> and letters and all that in fact they're very important but what gets overlooked in our education system mm -hmm. all too much in young children 
is the power of play mm -hmm. and how what an important developmental milestone it is. Mm -hmm. Well, I would like to think we continually adapt um, mm -hmm. and, and uh, have uh, developmental milestones throughout our lives, not mm -hmm. just stop it whatever the magic age somebody puts on that. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and so I, we too have forgotten the power of play mm -hmm. in our development. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Someone over yeah here. Just kind of that uninhibited, unselfconscious mm -hmm. expression of mm -hmm. joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a, like, a presence and an attention mm -hmm. to the, the moment and what is going on. Yeah, and, and there is just a, a vulnerability to of children. Like, they're just present. They're just open. They can't help but play and be completely available to the game and what's going on. I, I think about what we've done with play. We've turned it into exercise and a class yeah. and CrossFit. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're in front of a video and you're mm -hmm. following so your exercise. That's not play. Right, right. Take it out on the court. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take it on a block where you enjoy it. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I think we, as adults, have just kind of ruined it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And adults have also, um, <coughs> I, I just think we've, uh, in some ways, wrecked some of the kids' play, too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we've made it so adults-like. Totally. You know, we've organized all their games into structures and where this team is playing competition yeah. instead of just their own competition where where they're just doing it for the love of it right right not, not that it's been organized and all but but in that they're starting to feed into that as well so that right. they're yeah it's right it's interesting yeah I just think a lot of times in the movies when they're showing competition of course sports have become very competitive rather yeah. than Play. And right. a lot of times you'll see the coach say, just go out and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. And they really mean go out and have a good time to win. Right. So there's, there's a, a double, double edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's an interesting, like, the indie, like, put in the sequence of, like, what it means to grow up for different people. Like, it's such an interesting thing to consider within that. So, a book that I've been reading and really enjoying is obviously talking about, so we know we've established that God is a God who plays, and so we are made in his image, and we, uh, as image bearers, play. And that's just a part of who we are, and that's a, something that we should embrace and embody. But also, uh, this author takes it a step further, and he says we should engage with our spirituality playfully. We should engage with God playfully. And... I kind of scratched my head. I didn't totally know what, what that meant. So I'm going to try to explain uh, part of what I've been reading through this book about, okay, so we know God plays, we know we play. How can we play with God? Um, and then even at the end of the book, he, he compares and contrasts playing with God versus playing God. And I also, whoa, that's crazy, um, because I want to be someone who, yeah, is playful with God and who doesn't try to play God. Um, and sometimes play can help humble us, so we don't try to play the role of God. Alrighty. 
Yes, so I have it here. It's called The God Who Plays. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I will send everyone the official name. But it, or the name's The God Who Plays, and then the author, I forget his name. Yeah, I think it's Bob Edgar. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay. So play, so we've talked about just play in the world. But now we want to move a little bit to play in the spiritual realm. So play in the spiritual realm has the same qualities that play has at any time. It does not deal with what is, but rather with what could be. It always involves another transcendent world or sphere of meaning. Play transcends immediate reality and takes one into another world. Play is the spontaneous expression of a free spirit, of something done purely and only because one wants to do it. There is no compulsion, for no one can be forced to play, and there are no ulterior motives in play. It is done only for its own sake. The only plane simply the one plane simply takes pleasure and delight in the plane. A playful spiritual life is one that emphasizes joy, delight, freedom, grace, and love. A spiritual life should be an adventure of faith, involving all the characteristics of adventurous play. Suspense and surprise, drama and danger, risk and reward, fun and freedom. And so I love the author uh, goes on to talk about actually our role as Christians, right? You all know the, the theology of the already but not yet. That we, when Jesus came on this earth, he established the kingdom, right? He said, behold, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe in the good news. And so we are enjoying the fruits of that kingdom. But that kingdom has not yet been fully established. But it will be fully established when Jesus comes again in glory at the end of time. And we know that heaven will fully come to earth. That's what we pray about in the Lord's Prayer. That God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So why I mention that is that to some degree... That is a form of play, right? Where we have to imagine that God's kingdom is here. God's kingdom is right now. And there will be coming a day when it is fully established. So play uh, is not only something good for us to do, but play is actually required if we are to engage with God's kingdom in the here and now and with the expectation of its fulfillment in the future. Uh, and I just, I love that, right? That play can actually help us be Christians. But where it is different from play is that we actually believe that the kingdom of God is real. This isn't made up. This isn't something that we'll step out of and say, oh, the game's over. This is a game. This is a, a playground of, of gods that we will always be engaging in. Uh, and so... Play helps us as Christians to have that imagination and to be present to what God is up to. So I, I really, really love that. Uh, I also um, appreciated that he made connections between prayer and play. And you know how we say there has to be a work-life balance? Well, there should also be a work or like a prayer, 
play balance in the sense that when we pray, when we intercede, when we do that deep work, we also need to have time to just rest, to have time to be free. Um, And so he says, Firstly, learning to play enables one to pray because it creates the capacity for exploring other worlds beyond the one immediately present to us. And that's what prayer does, right? We are praying against the principalities and powers. We are praying for God to intercede into our world. The end point of the connection between play and prayer is not merely that they share similar characteristics or even that play is a normal development preparation for prayer, but rather that prayer is a form of play. It involves the freedom, the lack of obligation, the dynamic interaction, and the joy and pleasure of play. Um, so again, play is, is instructing us in our spiritual life. Um, play isn't only something we should engage in, but we should be playful as Christians when engaging with God. When engaging with God in prayer, when engaging with God in worship, when engaging with the kingdom of God and expecting the kingdom of God to come again to earth. So I have a question for you. Uh, Do you enjoy playing? And what kinds of games do you like? Um, And if you have a hard time answering that question, I want you to think about what did you enjoy when you were younger? Uh, What were one of, yeah, what was a favorite game that you played? So feel free, maybe turn to your neighbor and just have a quick conversation about what do you like to play? What games do you like? And what are the emotions that you experience? And then I'll have us ask another question. And then I also want you to share with your your partner, what do you feel when you play? Or what did you feel? If you don't play now, what did you feel when you used to play? What are some of those emotions? Alrighty. So I'm... I'm going to call us back together, and in a pretty straightforward way, if if you feel like you have not engaged in play, I want you to know that Thomas Aquinas uh, actually uh, called that the sin of seriousness. So Thomas Aquinas... He was a serious man himself, but he, he thought that it was a sin to not play. Um, he also did say there was excesses in play, like to be discourteous, insolent, scandalous, or obscene, or to spend, you know, crazy amounts of money on your play. But, but most powerfully, he thought that if you weren't playing, it was a sin, and it was a sin of seriousness. So we're, we're kind of wrapping up, so I'm going to do some wrapping up thoughts. So if you feel like you struggle with the sin of seriousness, there's grace for you. And I encourage you that um, to invite God into that process of helping you find a way to play. And if, if it's a struggle, again, I encourage you to go back to when you were a child and think about what you enjoyed and let that be your guide for how you can, can yeah, enact play in your life now. And in addition to that, though, we also want to think about how our relationship with God is inspired by play and acts play. And so right now, what would you describe your relationship with God as? Is it one of, you know, seriousness 
and devotion, which it should be. But would you use playful to describe your relationship with God? Yes, no. Anyone want to comment on that? No. Okay. Sarah, why, why no? Oh, well, right now I'm personally in a place where I'm disappointed. Okay, okay. Yeah. With myself and with God, so it's not very playful. Okay, okay. Yeah. More, more lamenting. Yeah, yeah. Which super fair. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, when I'm not, I can be more playful. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's super fair. And and that's actually a good point, Sarah, is that, you know, in, in emphasizing play, we're obvi- that never um, disregards the importance of lament or, or grief or pain. But we always talk about those things. It appears, especially in the Western church, uh, which is why it is really fun to, to have that focus on play. So when I think about my relationship with God, as I've... Um, yeah, experimented and grown in my faith, I have realized that it has become more playful. Um, even the way I pray or talk to God or invite God into my life, uh, God will give me really playful images in which to understand like myself, to understand those around me, and they're often pretty funny or just absurd or just really imaginative. And so I feel like that has been a a playful way to engage with God. I also think that engagement in worship can be really playful um, because God might invite us to do a lot of different things. He might invite us to go pray for someone we don't know. God might invite us to um, intercede on, on behalf of a person we've never met. God might invite us to raise our hands uh, God might invite us to confess. God might uh, put a, a dream in our heart. And all of that is very playful and imaginative and creative. And uh, God calls us to adventure with him, to go on a journey with him. And and so I guess my encouragement is, is for all of us, first of all, to examine our life for the sin of seriousness. And if it's there, um, figure out ways to play. And then second of all, to... Think about our relationship with God and have we allowed room for that intimacy of a friend. And with your friends, right, you play. That even as adults, hopefully, with your friends you have fun, you laugh, you joke, you dance, you play pickleball. Um, And so what does it look like to have that intimacy with God? What does it look like to invite that playfulness into your relationship with God? Uh, And then... And then third, and I guess to close, if indeed in the coming kingdom we are to eat together, we are to rejoice together, we are to play together, how are we enacting that now? Uh, Both as individuals and as a community of faith. How can we be people who play now as a foretaste of the coming kingdom? As people who are expectant and ready and preparing and realize that explosions of God's kingdom can happen now um god's kingdom is can happen yeah in the present and so i i would just encourage us to invite the freedom of the holy spirit into our lives into our play um as we seek god more fully and more robustly uh, and as we seek his character which is of course the god who holds the world in his hands but also the god who turned um water into wine and the God who danced with his disciples.
I, I think as I'm thinking about it in my life, yeah. because I know I've been a serious person sure. all my life. Yeah. Just, um, but some things in my life that bring the freedom and the delight are not what like Americans would think of as play sure. necessarily. So yeah. I, that is also opening, you know, like playing the piano to me yeah. is totally play. Most people wouldn't necessarily think of it that way. Right. Or doing things with flowers, uh, you know, just like things that aren't maybe the typical like play. Sure. But somehow it is to me. Yeah. So trying no, to be open to like, what does it actually look like yeah. for each of us? Yes, totally. Yeah. And I, I think piano and flowers are perfect examples of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're creative. They are for, um, yeah, for goodness in the way you do them. It's for enjoyment and pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And of course, yeah, there's always flexibility and and openness in how we enact these things. But my prayer is that we would be playful and that we would encounter our God who plays in in joyful ways and in ways that um, change us. So bless you today and thanks for coming. And uh, actually, I'm going to look up the name of the book that inspired this all. Oh, I looked it up. Oh, yeah. Okay, it is Bob Edgar. Great. Um, the God Who Plays, A Playful Approach to Theology and spirit, Spirituality, Brian Edgar. Yep, oh, Brian Edgar, not Bob. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Seriousness is the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, and if you ever want to learn how to play pickleball... I sometimes teach people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father, we thank you for Nikki, for her leadership, and for her willingness to open our eyes um, to your sense of wholeness, um, including being playful, being creative, finding joy in the unexpected, and allowing ourselves the freedom to do that. And I pray for each of us here today as we go out and go around about our weeks that we would find you in playful ways and we would be surprised and delighted in recognizing you and recognizing ourselves in those places. Thank you for your presence here. In your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, sir. Yeah.